Welcome everybody to Video Night. This episode will be discussing a double feature of macabre musicals. It'll be Cannibal the Musical and Reefer Madness. Actually, Reefer Madness is kind of a forgotten film. I don't think a lot of people remember it. Cannibal has been kind of a low-end movie that has a very strong cult following. If you haven't seen either, I believe both are on YouTube. I'm your host, Michael. My co-host, Mindy's on the other side. Hey. <laughs> I never know how to do introductions. Um. I wish I could do the fine art of starting a podcast where people are already starting their conversation. I've never figured out how they do that. Oh, that's okay. That sounds weird. Yeah. Like in the middle of conversation, somehow they just segue right into it. I'm like, how did you just, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I will also say that um, Reefer Madness is on um, Amazon Prime, and that's where I watched it. Yeah. The uh, I remember when it was on DVD, uh, when all the Hollywood videos were shutting down, I was going around collecting up DVDs that were rare to, re- to resell, and Reefer Madness was on uh-huh. that list. But I, it's, the thing is, I was making a list, and I'd go home and check the prices because my phone wasn't working that well. This is when smartphones were still kind of new. And by the time I oh, went yeah, home, I remember and ch- doing that. Went home and checked, drove back, it was gone. So I hadn't seen it mm. since we saw it on Showtime ten years or no, it was more than ten years ago. It was probably like thirteen. Oh, it was a really long time ago. I don't remember when, though. And this, was it before Veronica Mars or after? I can't remember. Well, I think it was. It might have been made before Veronica Mars, but we didn't re- we didn't discover it until after we'd seen seen some of Veronica Mars because we didn't know who she was then. Yeah. The uh, so uh, it's weird. Is if you look at like the eighties and nineties. I'm always fascinated with, like, the movies that have a kitsch to them. You know, a lot of stuff was born out of the Groundlings with, like, Pee Wee Herman and stuff like that. And uh, Elvira. Looking back on the 50s and 60s and finding uh, an ironic kitsch value to it. I mean, that's what the, the whole Brady Bunch uh, play was, where they, they took the old scripts from the TV show and they reenacted it, but, like, with a twisted edge. And, and that stuff was really popular for a while. And... Um, I feel like Reefer Madness is like the last gasp of that style, looking back on those over-the-top, cheesy kind of things and giving it a macabre twist. Um, I guess when I think of that, I think of like Crybaby, where it's sort of like a, tr- a tribute to the time period. Yeah. But also kind of pokes fun. I don't know. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, well, I was thinking, like, you know, it was kind of an underground thing, but broke out, I would say, probably in 86 with Little Shop of Horrors, which took a low, you know, very low budget Roger Corman movie and, you know, uh, played into the kitsch value of it and turned this big musical with great songs. That was kind of the biggest moment of this. Then we had Hairspray, Yes, and Cry Baby. Uh, a lot of Tim Burton stuff has that retro uh, cheesiness to it, like the B-52s, Devo. Chris Isaac even has uh, a very mild tongue-in-cheek approach to, you know, old crooners. Um, it, it's an era oh, that was very that. popular for a small chunk of time. And Reefer Madness is really at the tail end of uh, that, that look back. Well, I will also say that some of those things that you mentioned, like Little Shop of Horrors, and Reefer Madness, I mean, they were, they were, you know, the original, whatever, Roger Corman, I don't know who was responsible for the original, you know, Reefer Madness back in whatever time, but between the, those original movies and the ones that we're talking about, 
were, you know, Broadway or off-Broadway musical productions, it didn't just go from one movie to another movie. Right. So there was different incarnations, but, I mean, maybe that's part of, you know, the time that it, they decided that to make the movie version of, like, Little Shop of Horrors was just ideal timing. I don't know. Yeah, it's usually a 30-year cycle between stuff you grew up with, you kind of look back in tongue-in-cheek. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that over the last decade. We got Evil Dead the musical. I think there's even a reanimator musical, Last Starfighter. You know, a lot of the stuff that's reinterpreted for the stage. And those are little translations, but there's some stuff that's homages. Like, um, was Psycho Beach oh, Party yeah. a musical? I can't remember. I think that we had discussed that. Uh, covering that, but I, I don't think it was a musical. I think it was just, you know, uh, the the 50s tribute style yeah. movie, not a musical. It, but it's a it's a loving uh, look back on the campiness of it all. The same thing with that movie yes. Die, Mommy, Die. It's, it's a campy look back on a lot of that stuff. And um, was it Bat Boy was another one, which hasn't been turned to a movie, but was an off-Broadway musical that was campy. Um I feel like you went yeah, to a lot. You went true. to a lot of these. I think. I, I when I went to college. Oh, I really. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I, I really like that style. I really like campy. I guess I didn't really I didn't really give it that much thought, but you know I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I mean I've seen I've seen um, you know on stage productions of Bat Boy, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I've you know Evil Dead. It, Evil Dead really translates better into a musical than you would imagine really it's I think, really quite fun yeah i think it's ironic that i'm the one with the theater degree but i've been to so many less i've only probably been to about a dozen musicals as an adult and i was technically involved with most most of those i, I rarely ever paid to go see one whereas you've been to so many of them and you've been in quite a oh. few well, you know, I recently made a list of all the musicals I have seen performed live. I mean, I've never been to Broadway, and that's one of the things that I hope to do. But I've seen a lot of live theater in various ways. And I think I'm about, I'm at, I have like 53 different shows. I mean, that's still a drop in the bucket. But, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff. I just enjoy it. I don't know why. It's just fun. Yeah, and when people have problems, it's like, why did they just randomly break out into song? I'm like, why do martial arts movies just randomly break out into fights? I just, it's the genre. It's those, those are the rules of the genre. Just accept it. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny is though, if you look at the list of musicals that you were involved with, um, they seem to be more sincere. There, there's no campiness or tongue-in-cheek quality to them. Am I correct? Um, I, I think that when you're a very um, lame high school in the Midwest, you don't want to take any chances with clever and fun things. So you get to do things like Little Mary Sunshine. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Like White Bread City, you know? Yeah. It's like, don't ruffle any feathers because we barely have any funding as it is. Right. So yes, I think you're. I think you're right. They didn't even. They didn't even want to do Grease because they thought it was too like. No, I've heard the original version of Grease is was really risque, and that after the movie they started changing yeah. it. Yeah, that might be. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say the Grease sets some of the greatest examples anyway, but that's a whole different topic. Yeah, the the only time we ever did anything risky was. Um, do black patent leather shoes reflect up, which is 
Uh, if you don't know the play, it's a it's a subtle innuendo about looking up someone's skirt by looking at the reflection in your shoe. Ooh. Yeah, that was the only time. But that here's the thing: gay. is I went to a very low rent bullshit college with a bunch of misfits and rebellious <laughs> kids who couldn't fit in in a normal college. So they would manage to make the play, which was already kind of tongue-in-cheek dirty, and crank it up to the point where the director almost had to step in. I mean, just it's insane the stuff that would go on during the play, and I had to just sit there like, oh, my God. Because, you know, I was in one. And Lend Me a Tenor... Yeah, I remember. Lend Me a Tenor is supposed to be mildly sexual. And those guys took it to a degree that my jaw was on the floor and I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to say my lines because I didn't, uh, yeah. So there, there's a rebellious spirit down there that you got, you never had to experience. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know, really it, it's, it's for the better. But yeah, we, we didn't really do any campy stuff too. Um, but I always wonder what it would be like just to have one of those kind of, I mean, does it basically start with Rocky Horror Picture Show, you think? I guess so. I, I don't really know. Yeah. I, I admit that there's a lot about the theater world that I don't understand, and there's so many shows, like Xana Don't. Oh, that's that's one I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I don't even know how I learned of that one. But anyway, we're so off. <laughs> I know, I know. Now. It was kind let's, of leave. Let's, I think let's it's circle so, back. Well, sometimes it's fun just to kind of go off the road a little bit. Um, oh, the I scenic know. route. I know. Um, yeah, so Reefer Madness seems like the kind of thing that must have been a hell of a lot of fun to workshop and, and do it off-Broadway. And the fact that it even got made as a movie is a surprise to me, especially on Showtime. They must have been just trying to go for something, you know, edgy. Showtime has always been like the little brother of HBO. They're always trying to play catch-up with them. And uh, yeah, this is something I don't think HBO would have done because they're not – this is when HBO was in their prestigious period. You know, once Sopranos came out, they were just done doing whatever. Just, you know, throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. And Showtime was like, hey, this looks fun and wild and crazy. And damn it, it's a lot of fun. I hadn't seen it in so long, and I just thought it was an absolute riot. Well, I remember really enjoying it when we saw it before. And being really surprised by a lot of things like, uh, I mean, my goodness, we all know now that... um, Kristen Bell can sing, but nobody knew then. I mean, people hardly knew who she was then, you yeah. know? I think she had been on Deadwood, though, that was about it. Though she had, um, I think, grown up on the stage. I mean, I think even did some Broadway productions when she was a teenager. But, um, you know, nobody, no one knew who she was. And I think that's also the first time I, you know, after Saturday Night Live with Anna Gasteyer, and I was just like, oh, whoa. This and I remember totally she'd been gone for impressed. a while. I think she had been off. Like I know. she had a kid, and she disappeared for like three or four years. So I always wonder what happened to her. I was like, is she done? Because that happens with a lot of yeah, SNL actresses. I mean, whatever happened to Victoria Jackson? Oh, you know, I was looking her up recently. It's super weird that you say that. She pretty much actually she still actually is in a lot of movies, but they're all like Christian films. Oh, yeah, I heard she's kind of uh, conservative. Um, but Anna Gasteyer, yeah, really conservative Christian movie. So gotcha. she's still acting. Okay, just we don't watch that stuff. Um, nope. Uh, Anna Gasteyer, I think, is really good in this. I, I, it plays to her. She, whenever she, I'm, start, I'm just starting now watching her SNL run. I'm in the '96 season, and there's mm-hmm. something so different that she's doing other than Cheryl Terry and Molly Shannon are doing. Though they're very big in, in characters. 
And Anna Gasteyer has this weird, like the way Phil Hartman did, where he would kind of take the character in, and he was more Mm -hmm. introverted with what he was trying to do, and you would catch it if you're really paying attention. But he wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't all... Right. It wasn't all, look at me, look at me, look at me. Right, and I actually appreciate what she was doing more now than I ever did back then. And uh, yeah. I think she's really good in this, and I was, I was I was happy to see that she had a comeback of sorts. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think... She, I mean, it seems like I see her around a lot now. Um, she has, like, a recurring role on um, The Goldbergs, coincidentally, as the music teacher who is very neurotic and will sing random weirdness all the time. So I think <laughs> it's, you know, turned into something that makes sense for her. But right. um, Didn't she do a bit know, on SNL where she sang a lot? Like, did uh, goofy versions of, like, funky songs with Will Ferrell? Am I wrong in that? Um, I'm pretty sure that was her. But sometimes I have a hard time keeping track of who's who during those times. Yeah. Her and Molly Shannon and who was doing what. But I think so. Like, um, like they were teachers or whatever, like nerdy teachers. They were trying to do like hip hop versions of uh, songs, and, uh, and and it was always like yeah, really awkward. I think so. <laughs> uh, Pretty it, sure I know what you're saying. Yeah. And Steven Weber basically steals this movie. He is so good in this movie, and I knew he could sing before because he does a bit in this movie called About Last, not About Last Night, Late Last Night with Emilio Estevez, where he does a big musical oh, number uh-huh. uh, singing um, Queen's uh, Somebody to Love. Oh really? Yeah, I'll send you a clip. It's on YouTube, but um, I, okay. I just I really thought he was fantastic in this, and I think he's severely underrated because most people think of him as just from Wings, but we know he's been a lot of drama. He was in that great uh, Masters of Horror episode, Jennifer, I think was what it was called. Uh, he was in The Shining, the remake on on TV, which I feel is superior to the uh, Jack Nicholson one. I know that's blasphemy. But yeah, I, just... I remember you. I remember you telling me that. I have never seen the. Um his version i don't even know where i can get a hold of it but maybe i should watch it yeah i mean i've always liked him he's kind of um i don't know he's kind of slimy sometimes he does Um, do that character well it's it's hard for him to be sincere i think it's because he spent so many years being kind of you know uh, a a douchebag sleazebag yeah but um i mean i think the strangest person in this movie and also uh, it was weird because so Nev Campbell has like a little bit part. She's in like one or two scenes. She sings one song. She's not really very good singer, but she also was probably the biggest name at the time. Probably. So I don't know if that was some kind of like, hey, will you do this as a favor kind of thing? Because the guy who plays Jimmy is her brother. Right. It could be another thing where they're like, we need to add another name above the poster. We'll green like yeah. this if you can attach her. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's what that was about. And then, um, of course, I mean, Alan, what's his name? Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming is just such a chameleon. Um, with his career, and he really, I mean, he steals every scene. Literally, he steals every scene because he plays so many different characters in this movie, and that he's like, 
he's always popping up in the background or at the very end of the scene, uh, you know, as part of the bit. And you're just like, oh, there he is again. There he is again. There he is again. But he's like in a different character and a uh-huh. different costume. And it's just like he literally steals every scene. There's no but way. He's so they're they're good. telling me, I'm looking at this. It says this cost $25 million. I, I'm not buying that it was $25 million. Clearly yeah, shot in Canada. I would say probably 10 at most. 25. Jeez. I mean, it basically it basically looks like I mean it looks like a sound stage and there's like three three sets. Yeah. You know. Um Andy I don't Fickman, really think I, that's believable. I knew I knew this name. You know what he the guy who directed Reefer Madness, you know who what he directed after this? No. She's the man. Oh. <laughs> also directed the game plan, Race to Witch Mountain, Parental Guidance, Paul Blart 2. And it uh, looks like he's just doing TV Aww. shows now. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, John Casser. John Casser. I was going to say the. Go ahead. The Paul Blart 2 part that made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, um, you know, when I interviewed Bob Clendenin about, I don't know, five years ago, it was for. Oh, Paul... I remember. It was kind of for Paul Blart too, but it was mostly for season I think six of Cougar Town, and I remember I brought mm-hmm. up Paul Blart too. He goes, "Yeah, I think that's the theaters. Uh, <clears throat> let's move on." <laughs> yeah, he's my best friend. I know. The uh, um, so uh, John Casser's in this, and he is mostly known for being the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and oh. he is in another musical I sent you because originally we were tossing around four. We all, we always seem to toss around four or five ideas and then settle down on two. Um, but I, we, you had given me Repo, and I was like, fuck no. I know people love that, but no way I can't do it. I um, know. I sat through it, and I desperately wish I had. <laughs> uh, I sat through Monster Madness. Or no, Monster Mash, the movie. Monster Mash. Did you watch any of that? I didn't, no. He's in that, playing basically the same exact role. It's not good. Mm. There's a couple decent songs in there, but for the most part, it, it's so cheap. It's so awkward. And um, if I remember correctly, the play was called uh, You'll Have to Stay the Night the Bridge is Out, which is an off-Broadway musical. And they had to change it massively, like 50% of the script, because they had licensed the rights to Monster Mash, the song, and tried to meld Ooh. the two together, and it doesn't work. So that was another option. Then we also talked about doing shock treatment, but then it turns out um, I'm going to end up doing that for another podcast a friend of mine does called What Did We Just Watch? which is all about strange, head-scratching musicals. Did you get to see that one at all? I've seen it before, but not for a long time. It's a very, very hard-to-understand movie. that I've seen it about 20 times now, and I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. It's so so bizarre. But um, Reefer Madness is uh, just a a lot of fun, and it's it's very... It's it's weird to think that marijuana was demonized so long ago. Uh, Um... Because it seems now that like a lot of the country is accepting of it, and governments are starting to like let it go and legalize it, and just to think that this little thing that you know, this little plant could be like, oh, this is the gateway drug to everything else—not sugar, not caffeine, not alcohol, marijuana. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. Just, just the mall. I mean, it's just so funny how it's depicted that like instantaneously turns them in turns them from like a choir boy to satan yeah like a sex fiend they're gonna sell their babies they're gonna kill their friends it's absolutely absurd it takes you to the nth degree 
I, I will say, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty hilarious. Um, the, the, and the songs, you know, are so good and so much catchier than I remember. I was like watching it the other day again. I was like, damn, this is a good song. This is really good stuff. You know, yeah, there's one, uh, I can't remember the actor who played Jesus, but that's a really good one. But um, I remember he was... I know, was, I was going to say that, too. He His scene is really strong. I was actually surprised. And I look him up, and he's mostly done musicals. I, I He was on a season of oh. Drew Carey, and that's about it. Um, mostly just guest well, spots. I, I, I knew he looked familiar, but I don't know what from. I don't have any idea. Robert Tony, he's the one who played Jesus. I'm going to see... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah really I forgot. Good. We're missing... Um, I don't know. I don't know her name. I'm not gonna say it's like I know who she is, but Amy Spangler played Sally, who's the one who sells her baby, uh-huh. whatever. She's a lot of fun in this too. You know, I think I remember him from this show he did with uh, Joey or Matt LeBlanc. I said Joey like he's a real person. <laughs> um, he is. Don't you dare. A, Vinny and Bobby, a retooled continuation of Top of the Heap TV series, oh, which wow. was also a spinoff characters from married with children because he has this like crazy mullet in this picture and that's kind of how i remember him i do remember watching that wow i don't i don't know he's in that thing you do i don't remember him in that thing you do he was freddie frederickson that's a great another great musical movie but nobody really considers that a musical here's a weird thing is i don't understand I would say the Buddy Holly story, La Bamba, any any uh, uh, rock and roll high school to me is a musical because it has lots of songs in it. And someone says, well, no, that doesn't count as a musical because they have to separate the two. If it's a band performing a song, but there's a separate plot that has nothing to do with musical, it's 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 a different genre. And I'm like, I don't understand. Do you consider those kind of movies? I mean, would you consider Streets of Fire a musical? Eddie and the Cruisers a musical? No. Really? What are the rules? But I, but I think it's, I, I feel like all these things that you're saying are, it's a really fine line. And I think that you're right. I think because it's not, it's not spontaneous uh, production of, of music and dancing, that it's built into the story. Like it makes sense. It's about a band. It's about music. It's about this experience. And it's more than just that. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you, um, like, if that's a legitimate argument or not, but I think it's it's more than a musical. This happens to me a I lot, actually. That... Trying to figure out the difference between a spoof and a parody and a and a uh, farce and stuff like that. I can't tell oh, no. the difference because I got... All those, all those are the same to me. Yeah, I'm just like, I, so what does it require? Is there rules? Does it have to be a Zucker Brother movie in order to be a parody? I mean, Reefer Madness, in a, in a way, is a parody. Because it's spoofing yeah. its original concept. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to step out of that one because I don't know how to how to make a, a argument that would make sense. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the uh, Incannibal musical. Now is that a parody? Because there are a lot of moments that really just almost go airplane like. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Now I th- I'm I. Not- I'm torn. Do you feel Cannibal works better when you're just listening to the commentary track <laughs> or as a normal film? You know, I was thinking about that, and really, um, it is definitely the most enjoyable um, commentary track to ever experience 
ever. <laughs> um, and I think it may be partially because of their approach to it, which was to get shit-faced while they were doing it. <laughs> Makes it just so ridiculous. But I think also when we were listening to it originally, we were just super... I don't want to use the word obsessed. We were super into this movie and like weird, weird humor. So I don't know if it was just funnier to us than, than it should have been or not. I... See, here's the thing. You've got to give it a grain of salt because it's a college film that then eventually got some more padding oh, out. You know, it was like, oh, we got almost a whole movie. We got a little bit extra cash. Let's make this into a full thing. And I've seen better high school musicals, though. Some of the scene in this, I, I, you want to lie to yourself and say it's purposely awful. I don't think it is. I think it's just fucking terrible. Like, there's some things in there that's so bad. It's hard to say what is intentional and what isn't. You know, um, I think obviously some of the stuff is goofy as hell on purpose, but you're right. I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I can't decide there's like a... the special, the special effects with the like, you know, when it gets into the actual like, oh, uh, the people dying and blood and guts and blah, 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 that part. Uh -huh. Like, it's bad. Is it intentionally over the top? Like, uh, um, you know, Pulp Fiction style? Or is it just because they're silly college students and didn't know any better? Right. I'm the not really sure. The one sequence that really throws me off is, for the longest time, I thought the Trapper sequence was the worst part of this movie because nobody can sing mm -hmm. but then there's a joke i never caught before and it's the trapper guy you know the main one with the mohawk and the mustache and he looks yes. over at the tall guy sure. and he goes all right you're singing in b minor i said c major he goes i am c minor and the other guy argues well c major is a b minor and so like that and i just thought that was a ridiculous joke and i was like was that bad singing intentional but then you're like well wait all three of them suck it's like i can't tell <laughs> There, I think, I think that there was a, I think that they were trying, but they knew that they weren't that good. Yeah. That's why they stuck in a, a two minute argument about musical notes that probably, uh, is all bullshit <laughs> for a person who knows anything about music is like, they're making up fucking bullshit because I wouldn't know if they're making up stuff and most people wouldn't either. So maybe that's their way of saying they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Uh, and, or, and they also can't sing. Yeah. As a person who has attempted to make a movie twice in my life with my friends, uh, it's almost impossible. Actually, it is impossible because we never actually made one. But trying to get those guys all on the same page to attend the same meetings, here's the thing I'm thinking. Matt and Trey just got their buddies together, promised some beers or whatever because they're probably not getting paid. And just like they'll just they'll just take whoever will stick around. So they got these three guys that play the trappers, and they're like, oh, at least they'll show up, and they won't make demands. So it doesn't matter if they can't sing. So they probably wing that sing. But I just every time they go, yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, I gotta cut you with my knife. <laughs> the scene is so <laughs> my knife. <laughs> well, here's the other thing: is then then the lead trapper guy later on, like at the end of the movie. He sings in a completely different voice. Like either either he's totally fucking around, or it's a totally different person doing a voiceover because it's 
it's like the first time he's super deep and weird that doesn't match what he should sound like and then later on it's super high and weird that doesn't match what he should sound like <laughs> so, I get the feeling there's I a lot of like well this is back before digital video so you had to have like film and I bet you a lot of the film was really like scraps and ends that's the way they shot clerks it's like these film labs they have end pieces that haven't been developed and you just can only shoot for a minute two minutes four minutes whatever whatever patch you have and sometimes the audio gets mm -hmm. fucked up in that so I bet you there's a lot of overdubbing a lot of post-production on this film even to put it together so I bet you a lot of times it was just other people voicing it over and doing the songs you know the part where they're like really lost and uh, you they like pan down and you see that they're like on the top of like these giant giant mountains and they're like we're pretty sure this is not what they meant and although like uh, the sound is all weird and I'm you know the like clearly that was a whole part where when they filmed it they probably lost all of the voice uh, all of the sound probably because of the ru the water the rushing water and stuff mm. they completely had to like redub it and you can tell it's all like all weird and echoey and like they're in a sound stage or something yeah, normally i can't watch movies like this but there's something so happy and positive about like they're just doing what like it's just a bunch of guys hanging out and there is some genuine talent. I mean, obviously, or Matt Trey wouldn't even have a career right now. They had some good songs. I think Spadoinkle is a fantastic song. Um, didn't we even go around well, telling each other it's a Spadoinkle day? Like, for a while, we just said it to each other. People looked at us like we're bizarro. Well, there was a time period where we would, we would take um, words that totally legitimately existed and just change their meanings or... Or, you know, things that we had heard at various places and just make it mean what we wanted it to mean. Do you remember this? No, we I don't remember use, like, What did we use? We we would use, like, Smurf as a cuss word. Oh, God, we did that a lot, didn't we? Smurf you, buddy. And we, and then, like, um, we did Shatner. We did, like, we used Shatner as, like, a derogatory term. Like, oh, yeah. Or remember, Shat. You remember Francis? Stuff like that. Francis? No, I don't remember. We were in a bank one time. We're listening to a guy on the phone argue, but every time you would say Francis, it sounded like he was saying, fuck you. Francis. <laughs> Francis. Remember, we, were, we went around for a while just like, Francis this. <laughs> like, like he would make Francis sound like a cuss word. Like, yeah, he was like so irritated. We're just possible. laughing our asses off in the lobby because he's just getting so irritated with this guy that when he says Francis, it just sounded like, fuck you. <laughs> I do kind of remember that now, actually. So um, I do remember the Spadoinkle thing, but I will also say it's a catchy enough song that um, two out of two members of this household have been singing it for the last few days. <laughs> oh, really? So, That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. And some of the songs are really good. Some people have serious talent in this. I think you can definitely tell that while it is a kind of pretty crappy college movie that you could see the glimmers of like what they were going to become you know yeah you could see oh this makes sense now like some people may not um you know give them a lot of credit for the stuff that they've done um you know they people might not take them seriously because of you know south park or team america and stuff like that but i mean i really think there's so much 
cleverness and, um, you know, intelligence behind those jokes and all the songs that they write and like, you oh, know. Yeah. Well, the fact that it, they've never, almost, they will give equal shit to both sides of the party. The fact there's still two sides of the party bothers me to no end, that there's only left and right. Yeah. They will give them shit for anything. I mean, he wants to make fun of the Mormons. Hey, guess what? We're going to make fun of Obama for a little bit. Well, we're going to make fun of Barbara Streisand. Oh, we're going to make fun of, you know, uh, 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 damn it, what's his name? The stupid rapper married the Kardashian. Uh, Kanye. You know, Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, they'll just give beef to whoever because they just ride that line down the middle, and I think that's why they're so appealing is that they can... I put out social commentary, and it's not biased. Well, yeah, also, I mean, I do think that that makes a lot of sense. I do also think that it, it takes almost more talent to to write a parody or to to mock something than to make something original. I don't, do you know what I mean? You mean like the way Weird Al does it, where he has to work his ass off to mold it into his style? I, I guess so. Yeah, and I don't really feel like I don't really feel like Matt and Trey are that far off from that same kind of talent. Yeah, well, they, they're more like his original songs, where they take a style and then and then do their I own parody of the style, not a specific song, which I think is really genius. Because a lot of the songs in this movie that's are true. parodies of old Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of songs. Yeah, that makes sense. You can definitely see like how this this morphed into Team America, and um, you know, you know how you can almost see like the the vision between then and now. Yeah, the uh, and yeah, you're right. There's uh, some goofy special effects that I almost feel it's intentional. It's it's perfect that this is a trauma film because he's always been the master of getting these low budget. Uh, comedic horror films that just go that extra inch of just outrageousness and my favorite scene is probably the cyborg which has pus shoot out of his eye <laughs> uh you boys ain't from the south <laughs> why what like i actually had to like look away and also <laughs> gag a little bit at the same time because it was just so excessive it was so gross <laughs> The, uh, now I'm just laughing thinking about it. You can create a drinking game to every time someone yells, Packer! <laughs> or you Leanne. Leanne so? could be a good one, too. You would also be really, really fucked up yeah, if you yeah. did that. Yeah, to me, that's what they did during the commentary track. I don't remember. Um, I mean, my God, what a dirty, dirty song that Leanne was. I mean... <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> the... Um, the one thing I want to champion before we go with this episode is Dean Bahar. Uh, he doesn't act very much, but every time he shows up, he's so damn solid. I think the reason he doesn't get more work is because he is very unusual looking. Wait, is he Squeak? Yes. Squeak's glory! <laughs> um, he's just so funny. He's just so, so funny. I didn't really know if he was only acting because, you know, they were he was their friend and they were loyal to him and they wanted him to, you know, be in all their stuff. Or if I didn't know he was an actual actor, he was just doing it to hang out with his friend. Yeah. Not I'm to look say at... he's terrible or anything, but no, I, mean, I think he could be actually a legitimate serious actor because there's stuff that he does in basketball and this, which makes him seem more like a leading man. It's just because of the way he looks that 
you know, it's yeah. a detriment. Oh no, he, he doesn't still, get he doesn't get taken seriously. Yeah, he still acts quite a bit. His IMDb is filled with stuff I've never heard of, but hey, that's gonna I, happen. You know, I I love this one scene where it, it's it, it's a total throwaway if you're not paying attention, but there's this part, you know, when when they're really when they're really like starting to get pissed at him and realizing he doesn't know what he's doing and that they're probably gonna die and he's just like Tucker, I hate you so much. We're gonna die out here because of you. I'm never gonna have sex. <laughs> and then he's like, and then, but then he just keeps going on and on in the background. And if you you might not hear it, but if you listen for it, then he goes, "Man, I'm never gonna get a blowjob. I'm never gonna understand what that is. I'm never gonna get to do it doggy style. I'm so <laughs> mad at you, Packer. I hate you so much." And it just goes on and on in the background as he lists all the things he's never going to get to experience. I never caught <laughs> that before. Like, I wonder if that's like was all ad libbed, and it was totally unimportant to the storyline. But it's just like so hilarious in the background. He's just bitching and bitching and bitching. And bitching. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Oh wow. Anyway, my favorite um, part is when uh, Matt Stone. I love his dipshit character. He always looks like he's smelling a fart. But um. Yep. <laughs> god, now I'm trying to remember. But he's like eating the the foot or whatever, and then. Uh, Pack, Packer says something. He goes, "Ew, gross, Packer. That's disgusting." And he goes back to eat the foot. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely oblivious. Uh, the, that juxtaposition yeah. was fun. Yeah, I, it's a fun movie. It's you, you have to have lower expectations, honestly, though. Oh, please don't expect anything. Maybe get high before we watch it. Um, I highly recommend drinking it copiously. I mean, it's still really funny without either one of those things. But I just have to wonder, like, why of all things did he wear that wig? The wig. The wig. <laughs> Sorry. The Alfred Packer wig is just so bad. Everything, most of the stuff in this, the costumes, uh, the fake stomachs, the the fake beards, it's all completely ridiculous. It had an itch so bad. The only thing that was good was the, the girl... And her outfit. Oh yeah, that was actually a surprise. Her but... voice was her voice was decent, but her whole like her costume was really good and all that stuff. But I do recall listening to that commentary and him being like, "Oh, that was my girlfriend. She broke up with me. That fucking bitch. I hate her so much." <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I definitely remember. Um, kind of looking at some of the pictures of this there's so many uh, gifs i didn't know it was gif by the way i thought it was gif for the longest time i it it, it is gif no it's gif apparently it's gif and we're wrong okay <laughs> whatever if, it doesn't matter yeah if we get it's it wrong if we get it wrong we're doomed you're all doomed doomed okay <laughs> i'll have to look those up later okay I guess I'm done. <laughs> That's all I had to say. Anyway, I got real distracted by that argument because I don't care enough. Uh, what 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 did what he say? What is it? Is it GIF? He doesn't know. Oh, okay, damn it. <laughs> he thinks it's GIF too. Okay. Um, you know what's funny is this became a real musical after the movie. <laughs> this is they really are doing what this you, musical. 
Really? Yeah. They, they, if you look up on YouTube, where? no, they're just doing it like his local college. They did this as a tribute, and I guess it really took off. So now, I guess on an oh, annual basis, sweet. there's an Alfred Packard festival where they do Cannibal the Musical on stage. <laughs> where did he go to school? Oh, I think he Wasn't went to. Like I think he went to Brigham Young. Utah? Which is, I'm gonna look this up. The musical. Stage. Oh wow! I need to go do the, that. There's sometimes. no way it's actually at uh, Brigham Young University, but I know I've seen I've seen clips of it where it's on stage. Yeah, musical stage play. Oh yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. They actually recorded it. Presented by the pineapple shaped lamps. That must be a comedic team. <laughs> and okay, it's actually a, a website for Cannibal the Musical, the official website. Upcoming performances. <laughs> I want to see if there's upcoming performances. Holy shit, oh, in wow. Toronto. Awesome. Oh, this is from 2015. <laughs> but they were doing it everywhere. Uh, Washington uh, in Seattle. They were doing it in Ohio. They did it in Fullerton. Yeah, they did it all over. Wow, so this crazy. thing toured, but they only do like a handful a year. So it must be just one group that gets good. Breckenridge. There's one of Breckenridge. I clearly, I clearly did not know that it was quite that much of a sensation. Yeah, they did a lot. You look at, at this. They did. They probably done like 80 performances live. That's crazy and kind of cool. Yeah. Um, fun. I had something else there. I saw in my Buffy head. the Vampire Slayer musical episode live. That'd be cool. Did you Did you hear You heard what I said? Yeah, you so said you saw a live version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? The musical episode? Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. Oh, was it? Where was that? I was so, I was so disappointed. In Sacramento. Oh, okay. They're doing newsies here at high not- school, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know, man. High school. or the high schools around here charge like twenty five dollars a ticket. Whoa, what is Napa? They probably got legitimate. So, I mean, you're talking an area where Francis Ford Coppola will come in <laughs> and, and chip in a lot of money for these plays. They must be a little expensive. <clears throat> well, I don't. That is, you know what? The school where like his his like kids and stuff you went to is the one that charges that much money. <laughs> so maybe they're legit. It doesn't. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Anyway. But um hope no one in Sacramento listens to this to say that I went there for my birthday last year and I was so disappointed because the girl who played Buffy was British and she didn't even try to cover her accent. What? The guy who played <coughs> the guy who played Giles um was Asian and had a lisp and didn't even try to have an accent. Um, it was all just, I mean, it was very, very local theater and I love their enthusiasm, but it was not enjoyable. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, if you you were, can't if always you were, know what you're signing up for. If you were to pick one movie to turn into a musical, ironically, what movie would that be? Oh, my God. I don't know how to answer that. I want Anaconda um, the musical. I want a whole song called Oh They Don't, Oh They Don't. <laughs> can I can I choose a fake movie from a uh, from from a TV show? Yeah, fine, go ahead. You know, you know, you know how it's like a movie within a movie, that kind of thing. Yeah. How about? How, <clears throat> I was gonna say the Roar Drawer. Oh, I was gonna say you were gonna go for that. It's new, so it's gonna be the Roar Drawer. <laughs> the Roar Drawer. That was the first one that popped in my head. But what about? Hey, you remember that movie? Um, with um it was like a david mamet one and it, it it was about making a movie in a small town and it had like alec baldwin oh and, yeah state um, maine right 
State and Maine. If they did the movie that they made inside State and Maine. <laughs> I have to I have to watch that again because I get that one confused for that other one that he did where they made a movie. You know the one he did with Matthew Broderick? Oh, Jesus. Was that a Mammoth movie too? No. Oh, okay. I don't know what one you're talking about. No, there's there's a movie. It's kind of like Argo where they, they're doing an undercover thing when they make a movie trying to get these guys who are embezzling money from films. And they make a movie. I'll send oh, you a clip. Lord. I remember seeing this, and I thought it was a Mammoth production, too. But um, I, if I, I want to make... Uh, I think there's too many to keep track of. Yeah. I feel like there should hey, probably hey, be I a know. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Seems ripe for cheesiness. Do you know what? Do you know what they should make into a musical in earnest and not in a mockery kind of way? Back to the Beach? Uh, no. Close. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Totally. I can totally see that. And using, I think the, do you want to use the songs work. that are in the movie already? Maybe. Because they did that. Would make sense. Don't they do that sometimes, like with Footloose? Like, wasn't there a stage musical where they use the songs? Like, let's hear it for the boy. I, I, let's hear it for the I've man. Seen, I've seen, I've actually seen that performed before. Really? Oh, okay. I've seen Footloose before. They did it in our, it, they did it at our high school. Hmm. Like a couple years after I graduated, so I went and saw it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's not that bad. I, th- I think Fair we pretty <laughs> we 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 uh we filled this video uh, this uh podcast up enough I think with, <laughs> we're padding with, this one with nonsense yeah oh wait are you talking about out on a limb no no that I'll look up it's Alec Baldwin no. Matthew Broderick it was like 2005 and Matthew Broderick okay. is a down on his luck director and uh Alec oh, Baldwin I've never the last shot I've yes, never even yes. heard of this. Yeah, it was in theaters for only a couple weeks. It was a real low-level release, like 600 oh screens God. or something like that. Yeah, I, I remember being pretty There's such good people in it. Yeah, but this is when Matthew Broderick was kind of on a down end, and Alec Baldwin definitely down, because he had, I think it was a year or two before he started doing uh, 30 Rock. Tony Collette, Tony, uh, Tony Shalhoub, Callista Flockhart, Tim Blake Nelson. There's such good people. Ray Liotta, Ian Gomez. Yeah, I need to watch this movie. Okay. And that is where we should end. Okay. All right. Everybody, check us out on Video Nights. Um, you'll find all our podcasts there and Twitter at Retro Rocket Entertainment. And I think that's it. Anything you want to say before we go? No. Just go watch more musicals, fools. All right, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>